You are listening to the To and Out CFL Podcast, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. That's how I stayed warm when I was a kid, buddy. Warm glasses of milk. Warm glasses of milk. Just no, fresh I'm... from the udder. <laughs> yeah, and then we had to churn the butter. Grab some poutine and a double-double. It's time for the To and Out CFL Podcast. He's got it! Every week, Travis Kura. That's Grey Cup me, which is a different person. And Brazilian Tide. Hunters are people, too. Talk fantasy football, bring you the latest in CFL news, and sprinkle in a little bit of nonsense. Oh, nearly intercepted and And it's over. Ready, set, hunt. And we are a part of the Alberta Podcast Network, locally grown, community supported. It's Travis Curra and Brazilian Ty is out this week. Made the decision that I am not going to wake up at five in the morning anymore to record with him. He hasn't been fired. He'll be back on Monday's show. We'll see where the show goes the rest of this season. But introducing this week... Sheldon Jones, he's from Regina. He is the Dairy Queen. He's the oldest person I know. And he's filling in for Brazilian Thai this week. I think you've contributed to our uh, Canadian Football Podcast Network brethren, uh, the Piffles Podcast on their website, Once Upon a Time. But, hey, Ryder fan, thanks for coming on to and out this week, man. Thanks for having me. Happy to be here. We're staying extremely biased to the green and white. <laughs> or pink and hey. blue and green. Yeah, you're not green and white. That's a that's a that's a fun rider logo, man. <laughs> We're gonna talk some CFL this week. Thanks for doing this. Uh, with Pod Power, our sponsors are making it possible for us to amplify the voices of Albertans and Alberta podcasters. This episode, the Edmonton Community Foundation is helping us give a Pod Power shout out to Your Forest. It's a podcast about the natural world. Hear stories about the environment, renewable resources, conservation, forestry, hunting, fishing, and more. This is a podcast for those who can't live without the joys and wonders of all wild things. Find Your Forest wherever you get your podcasts or at yourforestpodcast.com. That's yourforestpodcast.com. In the huddle with Kura and Ty on the Two and Out Podcast. All right, Sheldon, uh, I guess we got to start the show this week. The Canadian Football Hall of Fame class of 2022. Now, <laughs> it's always fun to see. I remember as a kid, the Hall of Fame, you know, classes were revealed and, you know, all these players seemed like sort of comic book characters that I didn't know. But now we're at the age where, hey, I'm familiar with a lot of these guys and I watch them play a lot. I, I would say the headliner of this year's class is... The great Ricky Ray, 16 seasons, the only starting quarterback to win four Grey Cups, which is actually quite remarkable. Two of them with Edmonton, two of them with Toronto, uh, Chip Cox, Paul McCallum, all a part of this class as well, uh, contributing to make me feel like, wow, I've watched this game for a long time. Do you have any memories of these uh, members in the class of 2022, Sheldon? Yeah, you talk about me being the oldest guy you know. Like I, I, I thought you were going to go to Tricky Dick Thornton from the fifties and sixties. 
I wasn't I wasn't a fan back then. I was uh, yeah, no, more into hockey. You know, the original six back then. <laughs> but yeah, no, as a Ryder fan, there is actually quite a bit of connections here with some of these guys. Obviously, the first one that comes to mind is McCallum. Yeah, uh, you know, if he, you know, doesn't miss that eighteen yarder in two thousand and four, I don't know, you know, what the rest of his career would have been. It kind of overshadows everything, doesn't it? It does. In, in Saskatchewan, it, anyway. Yeah, I know. And it, of course, you know, some idiots dump some manure on the wrong person's driveway. And uh, then he kind of saw the writing on the wall and took off to BC after the next season there. And, uh, yeah, and he was incredible in Vancouver. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I mean, while in Regina, I think he was known for dealing with the wind that can happen on the prairies, you know, very well. But he played, he played 24 years. Yeah. And you, you talk riders, Roy Shivers is in there as well. So uh, that guy was in the CFL for four decades. Yeah, no, and I actually, like, I credit Roy with kind of bringing back the the pride, bringing back the, you know, competitive teams to Saskatchewan. We may have been 9-9 nine and nine most of the time with Danny Barrett, but he he got those players. No one wanted to come to Regina, but he was able to get some of those players, like, you know, Travis Moore. and I, I heard in Calgary he was big with bringing in Alan Pitts and Terry Vaughn and guys like that. So this guy, he brought some talent to Canada, that's for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. And then you were talking about Ricky Ray previously. Yeah. I, I witnessed one of his great cups, actually two, two of his great cups. Um, the one in 2003. Hey, the, the, there were the Toronto ones and you saw the, what the Edmonton ones. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, no. And, uh, and of course, as us Ryder fans, probably the worst thing that he ever did to us was, you know, March back in that 2017 Eastern semifinal or Eastern final story. Riders could have been the first team to go the great cut from the crossover, but he had to stick that dagger in our hearts there. I, f- I remember that day very well because my wife's an Edmonton fan and they were in the Western final and we, we thought, whoa, we could meet the great <laughs> cup. That that probably yeah. would not be a good thing for the relationship, but <laughs> we were in Calgary, watched the Riders lose the East final, and then we put something in the truck I, I, I locked my keys in the truck. Had to, but I'm like, this is a terrible day. We get into <laughs> McMahon Stadium. I think Edmonton had a 14 nothing lead. They end up uh, blowing that game and losing to Calgary, and then Calgary lost to Ricky Ray and the Toronto Argonauts in the snow in Ottawa. Like one of the, I mean, Shania Twain at halftime. It was just a fabulous yeah. uh, performance there. Hey, you talk Ryder uh, connections. Glenn Suter going in in the media wing. It's a pretty big class, a lot of recognizable names, and it's cool to see the 2022 class of the Canadian Football Hall of Fame. Join 2&L for CFL Fantasy and CFL Pick'em and show Kura and Ty what you got. They are who we thought they were. Just click cflfantasy.tsn.ca Enough from talking about it. There has to be consequences. And pick'em.cfl.ca Alright, this week the Ottawa Red Blacks are on bye. Um, good news for our nation though. They will be allowed to Bring in cowbells and flags. I, I heard that 
home opener was a bit of a mess for some longtime fans in Ottawa. I hope that they, they are able to get some gift cards and free jerseys out of the deal. It, it, it never good when you're, you know, at security and, uh, you're made to feel like, uh, I remember my wife. <laughs> I bring her up again. She had nail clippers confiscated at uh, Commonwealth Stadium. So, look, you can do a lot of damage with nail clippers, but uh, I don't think she had any ill will towards anybody. <laughs> well, yeah, he, even here in Mosaic, you can't wear a mask. You can't have the flagpoles. Like, they're, they're cracking down hard on everything. They totally are. So, Talk about the Riders. They're four-point favorites over the Montreal Alouettes. Over-under set at 45-and-a-half here. The Riders have won their last three trips to Montreal, but both teams dealing with a little bit of adversity right now. I think the big one is Dan Clark with the Riders. Logan Bandy is going to get the start at center. I think he's 23, 24 years old. I think Dan Clark, the undisputed leader of that team, still uh, participating in meetings this week. And I haven't seen it very often when a player goes down on the field and in Edmonton, the entire team left the sideline. Uh, to give him well wishes as he was getting carted off. Well, it looks like he broke his fibula and shifted his ankle bone. Doesn't sound like a comfortable injury for Dan Clark, does it, Sheldon? (laughs) No. Yeah, it's... It's rough. <laughs> yeah, he was he was asking for recommendations for the softest sponges for a sponge bath. So, <laughs> hey, looks like he's still got that sense of humor. So, uh, I think he's one of the toughest guys in the league, and definitely an undisputed leader on the Riders. And uh, they're gonna miss him, but uh, looks like he's gonna do his best to support uh, with the cast on the leg. I think uh, the Riders also going to be without Charleston Hughes. He's got some arm or elbow shoulder issues going on right now. And Duke Williams returning to the roster for the Riders. Uh, what have you seen Duke add to the Rider offense since his addition last year? It seems like he's kind of changed the whole feeling there since he joined the club. Yeah, no, he like last year he had all those big, you know, uh, onside kick recovery, yeah. and that was kind of what he was good for. But this year, like he's been that over the middle threat that Cody's been able to hit. Uh, he hasn't been, you know, going too far deep. A few, but that, those crossroads at the middle is what they need. Uh, they just need to sustain drives, and so looking for getting uh, Duke back in the lineup is huge. Speaking of Cody Fajardo, he's had a nice start to the season so far. He's second in completion percentage, second in quarterback rating. Of course, first place. The great Nathan Rourke. So you can't really uh, blame uh, Fajardo for being in second place there. He hasn't thrown an interception in two games. He ranks number one in deep passing efficiency so far. That was a big talking point last year. The 50-50 ball. Throwing it deep. So far, it seems to be going okay for Cody, hey? Yeah, Shaq. Shaq's picked up a few, Schaefer, Baker, Prawl even. like Yeah. He's picked in. Picked in. He did a really good job covering for uh, Shaq for sure. last week. Or Duke, sorry. Uh, yeah, he's got his targets, and it looks like Cody's kind of settled down. Uh, hopefully he can continue. 
Well, now when we go to Montreal, Trevor Harris getting the start here. I I don't know if you want to call it a blessing in disguise for the Alouettes um, because COVID kind of made the decision for the Owls this week, taking away yeah. the uh, decision for the Owls, taking away the controversy a little bit. Vernon Adams Jr. has tested positive. You know what owner Gary Stern has as well, and he's quickly become one of the favorites of CFL fans on Twitter. Like, this guy... He says what he thinks. Sometimes he, he's got to walk it back a little bit. But Sheldon, he's been a bit of a fun follow, eh? <laughs> oh, yeah. He, he's got no filter. He just, yeah, I, I love him. He, we need more of that. Like, we need more of that. I think in general, there's some new blood to the CFL that has got fans excited and some hope. And one of them's Gary Stern and uh, another, Victor Quee in Edmonton. And then in BC, Amar Doman, like, there's some real excitement with, you know, a third of the league, either owners or, you know, heads, presidents of their team that have got fans really excited right now. And it's it's really fun to see. Uh, the Owls are banged up, too. Uh, Chris Ackey not going to be playing. Touchdown Jake not going to be playing. Geno Lewis was questionable, but he's had a dynamite start to the season. And he's got two 100-yard games. He's leading the CFL in receiving at the moment. I know we're very, very early. But without touchdown Jake playing, I mean... Gino Lewis, maybe he's getting the ball more this week, and he just seems like one of those guys that you know, maybe you can try to game plan for him, but <laughs> I don't know how really well that can work out. Yeah, no, and if you key in on him, you got Reggie White Jr. that, you know, he's he's dangerous too. So yeah. they, they look banged up, but, you know, as a Ryder fan, we always know that, when teams are banged up, they still play well against us. So, well, uh, we, here we go. The, the Riders are on a bit of a short week. They're mm-hmm. traveling east. Yeah. That <laughs> I know a lot of people are picking Saskatchewan in this one. I, I don't really think it's, you know, decided. I, I, I think this is going to be a close, maybe a bit of an ugly game. I, I know the Owls are still without William Standback and – They've got other injuries. Greg Reed's on the sixth game. Mario Alford hasn't practiced this week. So there are some injuries. Maybe we see Walter Fletcher get onto the roster here uh, coming over from Edmonton last week. But they're dealing with some banged up players right now. So this will be a really interesting game. I guess I I don't know if I want to start an Alouette's running back because... With Trevor Harris back there, they haven't really given the ball to Antwi. Are they going to give the ball to newcomer uh, Walter Fletcher? Not really sure here, but I just can't have an Alouette's running back in my lineup. And you did mention Reggie White Jr. He's in my fantasy lineup. We will uh, preview our lineups going forward. I know you're a fantasy monster, aren't you? No, not really. (laughs) We can ask uh, your, your your co-host Tyrell how he feels about my fantasy play. <laughs> he uh, well, he's demolished me so far this year. <laughs> I've been I've been yeah. doing very well at uh, picking the guys on the injured list. So uh, yes, uh, 
I try to I try to find matchups, and then those matchups just do not work. <laughs> but it's fun to try. I, I like it. Yeah, yeah. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't definitely go anywhere in the the, the Alouettes running backs because Saskatchewan's D is playing just phenomenal, and they are. Yeah. I just think that's the struggle with running back. Like, you just want guys to get carries. And if they're going to get five or six carries, it's just – it's not even worth it. It's not even worth it. So, we'll see what they do this week against Saskatchewan. Now, this is an interesting one. The Bombers are at home to the Hamilton Tiger Cats. Bombers are four-and-a-half-point favorites. Over-under is set at 43. Now – Hamilton is actually four and two against Winnipeg in the last six regular season games. Now, <laughs> Winnipeg beat him in the last two Grey Cups. Dane Evans threw for 425 yards last week. Jeremiah Mazzoli had two 300 yard games for Ottawa against Winnipeg to start the season. Hamilton might be able to move the ball here in Winnipeg. But the question is, are they going to be able to get it into the end zone, right? Yeah, that's that's the big question, obviously. Um, yeah, Winnipeg, they don't seem to be the team that they were last year so far. Um, so they're definitely beatable. This could be the, the game this week where we have the upset. Because, um, yeah, like you said, Dane, in the regular season at least, he's, he's almost double his average for fantasy points when he's playing Winnipeg. So wow. uh, there's something that he must see there. Um, and he's got, you know, Braylon Addison, he's got, he's got Dunbar, he's got Tim White, he's got a lot. Yeah. Yeah. So he, and, and Winnipeg, they just, everyone thought that they were going to be so great. And then they've had to, this, these two, you know, I'd call them subpar performances against Ottawa. They got, they squeaked the wins out, but um, yeah, no, they're, Hamilton could definitely win here. They could. And uh, I'm, Tempted to lock in the tie cats. They're zero and two, so they're kind of desperate. The bombers are two and zero, but they know how to win those ugly games. Right now, the the key is, and it, it seems like it's a key, you know, every week. Dane Evans just has to protect the ball. Like <laughs> they've been turning the ball over. Yeah, he's almost at that. You know, Kevin Glenn. You know, throw one pick <laughs> a game, and uh, but yeah, no, if he keeps this. He keeps control of the ball. I think they have a very good shot. I think people in Winnipeg are going to be watching the offensive line. Um, Drew Desjardins has taken off to the NFL. Good for him. But starting center Michael Couture is out. Left uh, last week with an injury. Uh, they had another injury uh, to an offensive lineman on the practice roster this week at practice. So the, the offensive line at least in the interior is going to be tested this week because if you just look at the defensive tackles in Hamilton, Micah Johnson, Dylan Wynn, Ted Laurent, the, yeah, no. those guys up front <laughs> in Winnipeg, they're going to have their hands full. <laughs> yeah. And, and they've been actually struggling quite a bit this year because uh, we saw last year, Brady Oliveira and, and Augustine, they got in there and they actually got yards when they were covering for Harris uh, this year they haven't, and I know because I've had them in fantasy. <laughs> so um, yeah, it's going to be very tough for them to run on on Hamilton. So having said that, I still have all the in my line. 
<laughs> well, with the prices, it's just that, you know, that, that yeah. playing that game. So it's pretty tough yeah. for that. I kind of wonder if Winnipeg's going to start giving the ball to Augustine a little bit more. To me, he's looked a little bit more explosive. His yards per carry average is better, albeit fewer carries than Oliveira. I think Oliveira is second in the CFL in carries. So it's not that Winnipeg hasn't tried. It's not that they haven't tried to get the running game going. It's just Ottawa was able to shut it down. And I I, I see Hamilton's front stronger than Ottawa's. So we'll see what happens there. Good news for the Bombers. Uh, Theatric Hansen is back in Winnipeg. He's probably the global player with the most impact since uh, the whole global initiative started in the CFL. Remember that big hit in the 2019 Grey Cup? So I I think Bomber fans will be happy to have him there. Bombers are going to try the old whiteout at IG Field on Friday night. That seems to me like a Winnipeg Jets thing. But uh, the Bombers are trying it. They're encouraging their fans to wear white. And they are going to be wearing the away whites, which, I mean, they've won the past two Grey Cups wearing the away whites. I hate to bring that up, Cat fans, but <laughs> the the uh, Bombers are going to look familiar when it comes to this uh, this Friday night's game in Winnipeg. The Ticats have activated national receiver Tyler Turnowski from the six-game injured list. He was a third-round draft pick in the 2020 draft, and he did get into 14 games as a rookie with the Cats last year. Only had two catches, but he'll be doing the special team stuff if he's back on the roster this week for the Cats. Look, another game where I I know you got Oliveira on your fantasy lineup. Probably not ideal. I think you'll admit that. I don't know if I want any running back from this game, honestly. <laughs> no, I, I didn't really. It's just where I went with my other picks. He was, you know, he fit in there with what I could afford. Yeah, and you know what? I got Dane Evans on my lineup, and I've spent the past few years avoiding any offensive player against Winnipeg. So it's been kind of a uh, new territory for me, but the Bombers have given up the most passing yards in the CFL. So Dane Mm -hmm. might be able to move the ball. Will they be able to get into the end zone? That is the question this week. Uh, Tim White, I think, is an intriguing option. He's been getting targets nonstop. For yeah. for for Hamilton, Stephen Dunbar, two weeks, two big plays. Will uh, will uh, Winnipeg be giving up a big play to him again? It's it's definitely an intriguing game as the desperate Tie Cats head to Winnipeg. Edmonton is in Calgary now, where the line is really favoring the Stampeders so far. Nine-point favorites. The over-under set at an even 50 points. It's Bo Levi Mitchell's 150th career game, 13-4 and in his career against Edmonton. We'll start with Calgary, the home team. I, I got my tickets to this game. My wife's an uh, uh, Elks fan. I'll be... There for the jumbo barbecue turkey legs. I actually think <laughs> Calgary has some great concession options, man. And they've got a great tailgate. Last year, uh, man, you can get 
brisket at the game. You can get a giant jumbo barbecue turkey leg. It comes with like potatoes and all the sides and stuff. Calgary does it right when it comes to the food, man. Nice. That's awesome. I haven't actually been to McMahon since 2009, I think. So it's been quite a while, but uh, yeah. You weren't no, at the I, Grey Cup, were you? No, 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 no. It's the, it's the, <laughs> I, the, play, the, the playoff game, the semifinals there, right? The cold one. Yeah, they're really, we're, yeah, yeah, very cold. See, I was at that Grey Cup, and uh, that whole day's a blur. I remember <laughs> stopping at the McDonald's in Airdrie, Alberta, and having a good old cry on the Ronald McDonald in the lobby, and I drowned my sorrows with uh, probably three or four Big Macs, but that's that's how it yeah. goes. <laughs> yeah, I was over at my wife's mother, or my mother-in-law's house. We were having a great cup party, and uh, I saw the flag go up, and I went to the room because I knew I couldn't keep it together, and it, <laughs> Tam was like, okay, everyone, and I just sat in that room crying. Yeah, it was the worst. This is the this is such a funny dynamic I think among Rough Rider fans. It's like where were you when it happened? <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's our generation's uh the catch, right? Yeah. Like everybody knows. They know the exact even though of course place. I was fifty years old when that happened. <laughs> man, You've got years on me, and I've got more gray than you. Tell me how you do it, man. Tell me how you do it. <laughs> I don't know. I, I did get ID'd buying a beer at Mosaic last week. so I can't tell you the last time I was ID'd. <laughs> <laughs> well done. Well done. Uh, Cody Grace, the big punter, suited up and practicing this week for Calgary. I think he'll be a welcome addition if he can be punting back in McMahon Stadium. He... Uh, uh, the Stamps had some issues punting the ball in Hamilton last week, especially in the first half. I know the wind was howling, but they, they, they kind of looked bad all over the place uh, against Hamilton, at least early on, getting down to that 24 nothing lead. Uh, Canadian receiver Colton Hunchak is going to be, uh, or he's back practicing this week for Calgary as well. As for Edmonton, Darrell Walker back at practice after missing last week's game. Mark Corte is uh, not getting married this week, so he will be on the roster. (laughs) I do not know how Chris Jones did not cut that man. I'm so conflicted here. I mean, getting married is a big day, and I understand guys missing games for the birth of a, a child. That happens quite often. Nothing wrong with that. I mean, that's a... That's one of the most important days of your life. So is getting married. <laughs> but one of but, those you can actually plan the day of. Yeah. Well to, in advance. <laughs> to schedule that on the, the home opener for your team. Uh, interesting. Uh, that's, yeah. I don't know what else to say about that one. Uh, happy wife, happy life, I guess. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> we, we, we can relate to that one. Uh, Jones has continued to make some moves and, he did this in Saskatchewan. I think it's going to happen in Edmonton where training camp lasts for all of this year and maybe part of next year as well. Uh, But Martise Jackson, uh, the returner, has been released. Defensive lineman Claudel Lewis released. I I think the most surprising part about this one is wide receiver Shai Ross, the Canadian, 
has been released by the Elks. I think he's from Winnipeg, and I, I don't think it'll take him too long to land elsewhere in the CFL. And I think the biggest part of it is just this guy's athleticism. Yeah, he's one of he's one of the guys that the, this league needs to market. That's it's exactly it. it. Like when he was, you know, as dangerous as that was, but doing yeah. that backflip with those bar, but like that was crazy. And the Oreo dunk, like it, the kids see that and then, Oh, I want to go to, to the game and watch him. Yeah. Like, so hopefully, hopefully another team signs him. I think those two videos, you know, they, they did a lot to just market him. And I, I think yeah. the Elks have kind of used those highlights a little bit to market the athletes on their team. But he's uh, 28 years old. And last year, 42 targets, 27 catches. This year, two targets, no catches. So you'd like to see the conversion rate a little bit better. But, there, I mean, there's no doubt he's an incredible athlete. And uh, well, the CFL has a lot of incredible athletes and hopefully he lands elsewhere and he'll be back on a football field very, very soon. The Elks have added big, towering offensive lineman Justin Renfro to the practice roster. I think that's a good addition to their team. He's a, he's a mountain of a man. I think he's a friend of the show. We've had him on the podcast before. Just a great guy, a uh, great player, and it's good to see him back in the CFL as well i actually think this game when we're talking uh, avoiding running backs when we're talking about you know avoiding some of the other ones i think this one is one where maybe you do want to load up on their running backs if you can afford it kadeem carey and peyton logan great news for the calgary stampeders both practicing this week carey i think he just got nicked up early in the game against hamilton but Peyton Logan got knocked out in that game. Cool. Yeah. So yeah, he's practicing. So <laughs> I mean, that's so good to see. Um, Kerry, I think one of the top running backs in the league, and the Elks really haven't utilized uh, James Wilder Jr. this year to his fullest potential so far. So I, I wouldn't, you know, hold it against anybody to pick any of these teams. Um, so far, though, the Stampeders secondary at times looks like they've been susceptible to the big play. And Kenny the King Lawler leads the CFL in targets. He had 17 last week. He costs over $10,000, but it might pay off. Yeah, that's that's the risk reward right there. Like when when a receiver takes up you know a quarter of your salary, yeah. <laughs> that's big. So you have to have production. But if if Arbuckle's going to target him that many, like I know they were missing Darrell Walker yeah. last week, so obviously a few targets would have been to him. But if he can still get in that you know twelve, twelve to fifteen range targets, like he's going to score points for people. Yeah, I think this is the first time since 2012 that uh, Edmonton and Calgary have played four times in a year. Normally, we got to wait until uh, Labor Day for these matchups, but no, we're getting started soon. Week three, and uh, both teams they're uh, they're pretty healthy, all things considered. Well, Edmonton keeps releasing guys left and right, so I mean, <laughs> you're not gonna you know sign uh, hurt guys. <laughs> Yeah, no, and and that's the one that's the one kind of unfortunate timing we'll say of Chris Jones being back at Edmonton because like you said he is going to be using this whole year as a training camp like he did in Saskatchewan. 
but this is the year where the Elks are trying to uh, like get back that fan base that I they know. lost. And so they, they're at a place where they do need to win or at least be competitive, but it's going to be hard when he's going to be, you know, just using his role of bringing players in and out. Uh, so it's, it's tough. I, th- I think most, well, I think Elks fans, at least the diehards are smart enough and they, they're a knowledgeable fan base. They know oh, that, Hey, last year was an absolute mess and we're basically starting from scratch, but you're right. The timing is, uh, is difficult because they, they want to get more fans in the stands. And I, I think the turnout last Saturday in Commonwealth was a bit disappointing. Uh, 23,000 fans was the announced attendance. And everybody will slam Edmonton saying, ah, oh, it looked like less people than that. But there's 55,000 seats. So <laughs> 23,000 doesn't look like. I, I do think, and we'll see, that Commonwealth is just too big for the Elks. And yeah. it's you have to take transit to get there. So it, I mean, it takes a level of commitment. Well, and it takes that. I think to go to any game, really, going to any game or event isn't convenient. Watching on TV is the convenient option. But I, I, I honestly think if Edmonton had a thirty-five thousand seat stadium, it would go a long way to making that an amazing atmosphere in Edmonton. But you got the 54,000-seat venue. That's what you got to deal with. So I, I don't know. Could you see them taping off the upper deck like they did in BC Place? I'm not sure. Um, yeah. But that big stadium, I think it, it's it's both an asset and, and hindrance a little bit in Edmonton. Agreed. And and we've seen in the past, you know, the some of the other teams that had the giant stadiums, Toronto, Montreal, you know, they yeah. left to go to smaller smaller stadiums and so yeah no tarping tarping it off selling advertisement that couldn't hurt the you know the bottom line of the team there but uh it, it's it is disappointing you know because they had those 99 dollar season tickets and if they had that here like it would be sold out so um hopefully they can figure something out um and get some more fans in even if chris jones is going to be doing his trial by fire here but you know, game day promotions, concessions. Victor Quiz seems to have his his finger on the pulse there. So uh, I'm optimistic that he's going to see this through. But not every team can win every year. So, I mean, <laughs> what do you do? Is, we know that well. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I'm not sure what else to do there. You have to find a way to build a base and uh, have them coming to the stadium winning or losing, be entertaining. And I, I think the the Elks and Chris Jones, they'll at least be entertaining or newsworthy uh, this year, even though it's, really, yeah, it's been tough to start the year. And uh, going to Calgary is not any easier, really. Um, BC, <laughs> now we want to see what's happening here. They're five-point favorites over the Toronto Argonauts, over-under set at 49.5. Now, the Lions have won three of the last four meetings with the Argos. Pretty tough. The Argos traveling west. I guess it would be a late game. It would would it be a 10, 11 o'clock kickoff in Toronto? Yeah. Yeah. Right. 
Yeah. Or ten, yeah, ten o'clock, I think. So, man, <laughs> that's uh, that's a. T- I am a bit of a night hawk. So, if if football started at ten or eleven, I would love it. <laughs> yeah, and I am not. Uh, but, well, I'm old, so again, you know. just a warm glass of milk and. <laughs> Milk. Ugh. I didn't know that. Maybe it has to be cold. <laughs> I didn't know that warm glasses of milk were things until uh, Happy Gilmore. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's that's what I based my entire life off of. That's how I stayed warm when I was a kid, buddy. Warm glasses of milk, warm glasses of milk. just no, fresh from the udder. <laughs> yeah, and then we had to churn the butter. <laughs> Hey, when you start making fun of yourself for the age, I, I absolutely love it. Hey, hey, I can't come on this pod without making you laugh. Like that's kind of what everyone does, right? Yeah, absolutely. We're talking lions, <laughs> and we're talking about getting fans in the stands, and we're talking about making things exciting. The BC Lions, Kate, they got a lot to live up to. That home opener, they had over 30,000 people there, and I know they had one republic. And they are doing a uh, big party uh, they're calling it uh, the BC Lions Backyard in Terry Fox Plaza. It starts at 4 o'clock in BC. Beers, margaritas are 5 bucks. They've got uh, music. They've got kids club inside the stadium. The, it's the, the diversity in, is strength game. They're, they're giving away cowbells. I mean, they're going a long way to making every game seem like an event in Vancouver. And with over 30,000 there in week one... Hey, if they can get 30 again in week three, it looked like ticket sales were going great. Looks like they almost sold out the lower bowl again. Maybe they do open the upper deck. Man, I I had Matt Baker of the Lions on to preview the West Division. He said optimism. It's a different feeling in Vancouver this year. And I don't think he was kidding. I, I know it's so early in the season, but it seems like exciting times on the West Coast. Yeah, uh, say what you want about David Braley and what he did for the league, but this is what happens when you when you advertise, when you when you market, when you put money into the team to try to get those fans out there. Um, it's impressive. I'm excited. Uh, we want all the teams to be you know full stadiums, like yeah. we talked about with Edmonton. Um, but yeah, no, BC's doing great, and you know maybe let's say even half of those people went to the first game were just there for Wonder Public. They saw lines put 58 on the board. I know. Like, yeah. That's that's even better advertising than what they could buy with money, right? For so, sure. Hopefully it can be easy place full. Seeing the upper deck full, like it was awesome. And we need that again. Yeah. The, the way I understand it is that uh, they don't have any control. And I don't know if the team gets any money off of the concessions in BC Place. So once you go into the stadium, yeah, it, it's pretty expensive. But yeah. Dolman has said that, hey, if uh, I got to subsidize a little bit to make these prices lower and cheaper, then then I'll do it. This is uh, an expensive time for families everywhere. You think of Vancouver, a normal family now with the way things cost there, <laughs> housing, gas like everything is absolutely crazy right now and if they can make things affordable at the games i think that'll go a long way to getting people to the stadium in vancouver there's a lot 
it's, things cost a lot right now. And if they got an owner willing to help people out, I think that's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's awesome. They've also, well, it's, it's different in Regina, isn't it? <laughs> Give me all your money. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They, they gave us $10 vouchers that first game though. So that was, we got a fridge main at this game too. But when beers are, you know, nine or $10 and, and I know in Vancouver and in, in Toronto, they're more expensive, but, uh, Everything, yeah, everything is crazy in, in Ryder. I was in uh, California in December, and I, I saw Metallica where the Golden State Warriors play, and I went to a 49ers game. And I think at the arena, beers were 1950 U.S. <laughs> That's so, so ridiculous. And it's not like you're getting a four-liter jug of beer either. <laughs> Yeah, no, same thing when I went to SummerSlam in Toronto. It was like 16 bucks for a beer there. Crazy. Or Crazy. $7 for a refillable pop. So wow, that's what I thought. <laughs> the Lions have also introduced a new president of the team. Dwayne Viano is leaving the CFL office. I think he was the head of events and uh, big with organizing the Grey Cup. He, uh, I think in August, he'll officially take over as president. First, he is the COO. Um, Rick Lalisher uh, said that, well, basically, David Braley talked him into being the president until uh, the team was sold. The team was sold last year. So now the Lions introducing a new uh, president. For the team. So there's a lot going on in Vancouver, a lot of optimism and a lot of things to look forward to there. Uh, they have signed running back Brian Hill. I don't think James Butler's job is in jeopardy after his performance in week one, putting up all those, uh, touchdowns. But Brian Hill's 26 years old, uh, had five seasons in the NFL. He was a fifth round draft pick with the Atlanta Falcons. And, uh, man, in 2020, he actually had 100 carries and 456 yards for the Falcons. So he is a wow. good running back. And, uh, he is going to, well, we'll see. Because if you, if you look to the 2019 Lions, the running game really was not a factor at all. Now they've got depth at the running position. And if nothing else, if James Butler falters a little bit, can't follow up that week one performance, nothing saying that he won't, uh, but they've got a pretty good back here in Brian Hill on that roster. I, I think people were writing off BC and let... Again, it's tough not to overreact to week one, but Edmonton was so bad. Like, everything went wrong in that game. But if they win again here, and the Argos are a good team, it's a tough situation for them this week because they have all sorts of injury issues, traveling west, that kind of thing. But if the Lions go 2-0 and at home to start the season... All of a sudden, I think people really going to start paying attention. They're going to have to. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, they're they're well coached. You know, they got through the Clay Brooks fiasco that happened there, and so now you know they have a a proven coach. And I I honestly don't think Toronto has a chance uh, with what you what you described there. Like, yeah, they're a good team, but they have too many hurdles this week. I think so. I see BC being 2-0. I see us being 2-0. Riders being 2-0. Calgary being 2-0. Like, it's maybe even Winnipeg. Like, Yeah. (laughs) Crazy. I I don't remember that ever happening. 
Yeah, I was kind of wondering if maybe this is the week that uh, the East starts to turn around a little bit because if, if you remember just two, two and a half weeks ago, the talk was that the East is so much better, not better yeah. than the West, but just more improved. It's going to be very competitive. And here we are before week three gets underway and we got three teams. zero and two. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I don't get it. I, uh, cause I was one of those people. I thought, I thought Ottawa improved. I, I thought everyone improved. Like there wasn't many teams that like, didn't improve yeah. maybe Winnipeg. Um, well, I think some people there's, would there's say a lot of parody. Say that BC almost regressed with uh, well, with uh, yeah, losing Riley, sure. that kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. Even Edmonton a little bit, but uh, yeah. yeah, it's it's been a crazy year. Now, if you look at the injury report for the Argos, it's it's a mile long. There's <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> defensive back Matt Boateng is not practiced. Offensive lineman Isaiah Cage hasn't practiced. Declan, Declan Cross, uh, Robertson Daniel, uh, <laughs> Robert Priester. So the, the defensive backfield is beat up a little bit. The offensive line is beat up a little bit. They maybe want to get Trevon Tate back on the roster. Last year, uh, he had an injury late in the year that took him off the field, but he's looking to get back this week. Uh, Isaiah Cage missed all of last year, and now he's banged up a little bit again this week. And uh, looks like Andrew Harris will be good to go. He was limited early in the week. What did you think of his week? I guess week two, the Argos' first game, they were on bye in the first week. He looked like uh, he, he he looked better than last year. He looked like Andrew Harris, yeah. Yeah, no, he he looked like Andrew Harris. Uh, he it was impressive because people were you know writing him off. I uh, think so. Yeah, no, he he looks good. He still does the stupid thing where he jumps up and runs fifteen yards after every, every play. Just, I can't <laughs> freaking stand. But he's you know he's he's earned that right, I guess, with his play. Yeah, no, I, I think if he can stay healthy, looks like they had him kind of on a pitch count the first game. I don't know if he was really hurt or if they were just, you know, pulling him out just for caution, but he's still Andrew Harris. That's all I can really say. The one thing that I am looking for in this game is the receivers because, you know, you have Lucky Whitehead, Brian Burnham, and you have Dominic Grimes on one side, and they all perform above average against the Argos. Mm. And on the other side, you got Brandon Banks, Eric Rogers, and Ricky Thambles, and they all do the same when they're playing BC. So uh, it could be a very, very aerial game. Hey, where are you getting these numbers? (laughs) From Mr. Tyrell Otar. Wow. The credit. And on on this, on this show, he's Brazilian tie. Nothing else. Sorry. sorry. (laughs) I actually call him that with my wife too. Did you hear what Brazilian tie (laughs) said the other day? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, the Lions are coming off the bye, and they're healthy. Even Delvin Bro, uh, he's practicing back in full this week. They got the defensive lineman uh, Nathan Cherry from uh, U of S. I think he's uh, he's banged up and hasn't practiced this week with a uh, knee injury there. So <laughs> if you want to look at health, the Argos eh, not looking that good. The Lions are, however, looking pretty 
healthy. Uh, but you're right. There's actually receiving options all over the place. I mean, Cameron Phillips, the, the Argos were looking his way last week. Javon Katoy, I think, could have a big season for the Lions. <laughs> I, I, this one might be the, the biggest offensive. Actually, both Saturday games. There might be yeah. uh, plenty of scoring Saturday night in the CFL. Yeah, I wouldn't be taking any of those defenses on Saturday. Yeah, that, that hey, I might, I might have the stamps. So don't, uh, I do have the stamps. So don't go chirping my defense. Uh, <laughs> what is your uh, fantasy lineup looking like, man? Well, and remember, I'm not good at fantasy, but uh, so I have Dane Evans, uh, just like you. Jamal, Jamal Morrow as well. Um, and then I have Brady Oliveira. I have Kamar Jordan, Malik Henry. My flex is my $2,500 special, Jacob Prawl. Nice. And I am taking Saskatchewan's defense against Montreal. So you've got $259 left over. So that is, yeah. Last, last week I had $0 left. Oh. But I didn't do very well. <laughs> Yeah, I got Dane Evans. I, I think he'll be able to put up the yards. The biggest thing is, is he going to be able to put it into the end zone? Uh, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers are the only team to give up over 700 passing yards so far this year. Dane Evans threw for over 400 last week. We'll see what happens there. Jamal Morrow is far and above anybody else when it comes to combined yards in the CFL. So, yeah, that's why I had to have him in my lineup. The Alouettes are one of three teams to be given up over 100 yards so far uh, a game on the ground. Kadeem Carey, just volume. I, I, I feel like I'm confident that he's healthy and that the Stamps are going to give him the ball. Stephen Dunbar has had uh, big plays with the uh, Cats over the first couple games of the season, so I paired him up with Dane Evans. I would have liked Tim White. He's a target machine, but money didn't uh, allow that to happen. I got Reggie White Jr. for the Alouettes here. Uh, you can move the ball on the Riders through the air. Uh, 292 and a half yards given up uh, a game passing, and without touchdown Jake, Eugene Lewis, a little bit banged up. I think Reggie White could have a nice game. Dalton Schoen is my $2,500 special for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Uh, yeah, he has Kalaros looking his way early in the year. Mm-hmm. And then I've got the Calgary Stampeders defense uh, because I think they might be able to get uh, Arbuckle and make him turn the ball over and maybe get some sacks in there. Sometimes it really, because the Stamps, they gave up 30 points last week, but the defensive touchdown, the sacks, that really helps uh, your defense put up points. Who are you picking to win? All the games. Uh, I All the games. So I have the Riders. I have Calgary. I have... Hamilton and East. Right now on the Pick'em website, you can join CFL on or to and out on pick'em.cfl.ca. Montreal, Hamilton, Calgary, and BC. I don't know how I feel about the Montreal Hamilton picks, but 
hey, I, I think there'll be two close games either way, and you never know what can happen in the CFL. This episode of Tune Out brought to you by Alberta Blue Cross. Even if you're a busy business owner with more meetings than hours in a day, you are calm and collected when your group benefit plan is taken care of by Alberta Blue Cross. Your employees can manage their own health, dental, life, and disability coverage online anytime and on any device. Makes it easier for them. And for you, to learn more and explore your options, head to ab.bluecross.ca. I uh, want to give a, a shout-out to the Grey Cup Society on Twitter. Uh, I think I can anoint the Grey Cup Society as the official fact-checkers of the 2 and Out CFL podcast. So last week I said, <laughs> or earlier this week, I guess, the... Uh, the Ottawa Red Blacks had somewhere between zero and two 300-yard passing games. <laughs> and I was right. Two. They actually went through the work and then said Dominic Davis and Caleb Evans each had a 300-yard game for the Red Blacks last year, and they combined in those two games for one touchdown. That almost sounds like Jeremiah Mazzoli for his two. Through the first two weeks. <laughs> so thanks for fact-checking the show on Twitter. Thanks for listening. You can rate, review, and subscribe to Two and Out on your favorite podcatcher, Sheldon Jones. Thanks for filling in for Brazilian Thai this week on the show. Is this your all-time podcast debut or just a Two and Out debut? Just Two and Out debut. I did do one episode of Piffles. Back in the day. And, uh, and they fired you? Oh, I had fun. Yeah, they fired me. Yeah. So <laughs> I assume you will too. <laughs> and you had, uh, we'll see. We'll see how many hot takes uh, that uh, you never know what you say on two and out. Like, watch your mentions. They might be extremely mean to you. So uh, I hope you got a thick skin, I, buddy. I hope so because I was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> At Sheldon Jones 83 on Twitter. Thanks, man. I'll see you in uh, Regina for a blizzard sometime soon. <laughs> Elfinstone. I learned how to say it. Elfinstone DQ. I want to try right. one of those. Elephant. <laughs> it's not elephant stone. I want to try one of those uh, quadruple stack cheese bacon burgers or whatever make me one of those man got it you got it (laughs) brazilian ty will be back on monday if he's not slacking off and uh we will talk to you then enjoy week three of cfl action thanks for listening find more great shows like this at cf pod network on twitter